0: Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wsc.in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greetings in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. There is only one name that deserves all the glory and his name is... And his name is... Yeshu. The name that is above every other name. Every other name will come and every other name will go. <laughs> His name will remain exalted high above everything else. I want to greet everyone if you in Jesus' name on this 15th anniversary of the World Impact Community Church. World Impact Community Church. It's my joy to gather together as a family here today. I was just looking around and looking at so many of the faces, and my mind was running through the journey that many of us have done through life over the last many years. This church was planted. Officially on the 8th of August 2008, in a small room in Chalakuri Lane in uh, Trotby office, the prayer room we used to start the, the service for the first time. The first service we had on the 10th of August, uh, official, the first Sunday service we had on the 10th of August. Um, of two thousand eight. We started in a humble way, myself and Pastor Hannah, our two children, Pastor Lena and Linz, the six of us got together to worship God. We Pastor service formally organized on the 25th of April 2009 and registered as the World Impact Community Church. God began to bring in people from different places to become come become part of the church family. So we slowly moved from that trotby office to Pearl Lodge at Patam. A place where we could gather 35 people. From there, we moved to Grace Mini Hall in Parthipara. I think it was August, September 2009. And then from to the top floor of a home in Mutrada. Where well, we started gathering from January of 2011. And we worshipped all the way there until 2017, when we, February, when we finally moved into this beautiful sanctuary. Many memories come to mind beyond church buildings and church spaces lives that were transformed for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many people came. Many got saved. Many got married. We dedicated babies. In fact, today, we have with us Joanne who is 15 years. We dedicated her. The the, the first baby... so we dedicated 15 years ago. He's right over here. Uh, in the, uh, and, uh, da, kunya. and such an honor and joy to have you here this morning. They've come all the way from Calicut. We got children married. Uh, many people came with small children, and then we saw the children married, and now they have children we celebrated people becoming grandparents Uh, and some with uh, with sorrowful hearts they decided to go home to be back with the Lord the The sorrow is for us the joy is for them and uh, because they are in a better place it's a place where people came and became leaders. Some were called by God to be pastors and rose up to become pastors in this place. And they served sacrificially along with their families in the work of the gospel. And some went out of this home into nearby places and planted churches. Some planted churches in different parts of this nation and many many sacrificed and served and loved God together day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year to make us who we've become at this place. So also, greet and thank God for all the pastors and leaders of all the branch churches. The church rallied around a vision. This vision is is a call from God to be an ecclesia, the house of God. Years ago, as I sought the Lord, asking, Lord, give us a tagline. You know, I sent the Lord saying, life is here, was the tagline, and that we are to be called a family on a mission. Life is here. Life is here. The Church of the Living God is truly a body, a family of believers doing life together. And none of us could have done all that God has enabled us to do alone. I thank God for Pastor Hannah who stood with me all these years. I'm sure she'd love to be here, but she's taking responsibility at another location this morning. I remember when my son and, uh, and I we moved to Dubai, and one Sunday he was sitting in the back of the church and crying. Paul uh, oh, um And uh, we have Anup and Deepa and all from the Dubai Church and the local church here. Yeah, they are here with us this morning. They've seen how he struggled. So I walked to the back and I asked him what's going on He's saying, i am missing the church at trivandrum I said, that is life god has caused us to come together and do life together and god will take us to places so that we can carry the life of god to places and during an anniversary It is a good time. It's a good time for three things. The first thing, it is a good time to look back. And it's a good time to look back and celebrate from where God has brought us. My mind was running through the construction of this building and the mud road running down and and, and all the broken rubble that was there in this place and my mind was running through all of that. uh, My mind was running down to the well. We we didn't have much water and Dr. Jacob and I went going there every day, stretching our hands as they're digging the well and saying, Water, come in Jesus' mighty name. Many served, loved, many leaders, you know, faithfully poured their time and energy into the Many children have served, standing at the door, serving in the media, serving food in our celebrations and doing what they can, just being part of the family. Besides all of this, the hundreds of people that have been worshipping with us, there are today in different parts of the world. It's a time to celebrate as we look back. It's also a time to look around and thank God for the people that we are doing life with. Thank God to look till where God has brought us. If it hadn't been for the Lord, we wouldn't be where we are. But it's also true that if it wasn't for every one of us, we wouldn't be where we are. It's a time to look around and thank God. I want you to just look around, look around at faces and just thank God for them right now. Oh, we thank God for every one of you. We look back and celebrate what God has done. We look around and thank God for every one of us. But an anniversary is also a time to look forward... And to course correct and throttle into where the Lord wants to take us. Many people look back and look around and thank, but they don't look forward and say, God, going forward. What do you have in store for us? So I believe we have to look back and celebrate. we we'll look forward and cherish. Adil uh, And look around and cherish, sorry. And we have to look ahead and commit. On this 15th anniversary I want to call the WICC church to look back and celebrate to look around and cherish and to look forward and commit to the plans of God upon our life as a church. If a church is just a gathering it has failed the plans of god if the church is just a worship service then it becomes purposeless on earth and only prepared for heaven if the church is only a place for good and strong preaching of the word there is only an entertainment channel that feeds people's desires. To no know more. If the church is just fellowship. Then it's nothing more than a social club. If a church is just social action, then we have committed to the temporal and have no vision for the eternal. God intends for us as a church to be so much more. A family on a mission. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Focused on heaven. Living together on earth and transforming the world around us. Can I hear an amen? Focused on heaven, living together on earth and transforming the world around us. If there was one way the Lord wanted to call us, He called us salt and light. And he, that's what he looked at us and he said, I want you to be salt that, that is going to make the lives of people better and light that is going to light the darkness in the people's lives. I haven't heard of salt making salt better. Uh, uh, up, up, upine, Neither have I heard of anybody eating a sack full of salt. Because salt is meant for others. Light is also meant for others. God is light. And if He shed all His light on us, we would have been burnt up. As scientists or doctors, we know if we focus light in one place, it will get burnt. That is why God is telling us as a church today, Let your light shine among men. Hallelujah. That they may see your good works and bring glory to the Father in heaven. I want you to look at three people around and say, Let our light shine. Let our light shine. Let our light shine among men. Let our light shine among men. Let our light shine among men. If there is too much salt, that curry is not too good. In the same way, if all the salt is sitting in the church all the time, this curry is going to be miserable. If there is too much light, we will be burnt out. That's why the sun is giving away the light. God wants us to give away our light. When He calls us to be salt and light, it's because God has a plan to make us a blessing in the nation. But when people come to church, they think this is a place to come and visit on a Sunday morning. And everybody that does come to church in the beginning comes to see what can God do for me. How can God bless me? How can God take care of me? Even though that is the first place to be, God moves us from there to ask the question, how can I be a blessing to others? God moves us from there to ask the question, how can I be a blessing to others? like I say in every marriage when a young couple gets married uh, every couple goes through three stages in marriage uh, the first stage in marriage I can see all the young people smiling at me you want to hear this I know uh, the first stage in marriage uh, the first stage in marriage is called enchantment enchantment You have seen your spouse spouse and you are totally excited about this thing. Oh, you know, and you're thanking God. God only brought us together. And you're sharing about the guidances and the guidelines God gave and the miracle people that came in and connected you and all that. Prophet came gave prophecy. <laughs> Opened the Bible, uh, you know, and you put your finger on one verse exactly said that. Uh, That's the first stage where you are enchanted. Then, after a year or two, you go into the second stage of marriage. And this is called disenchantment. A lot of people are laughing because many of you are married a while now. <laughs> (laughs) And there in this enchantment phase, you're asking, Lord, what did I do wrong for you to Uh, do? (laughs) Did I not fast? Did I not pray? Where is that prophet who prophesied? I'm never going to these prophets again. Of course, we are disenchanted. Wondering, Lord, why I thought I'm going to have a wonderful married life. But, uh, you know, we we get disenchanted. Many people choose to leave marriage at that stage. Early stage of marriage, you can't separate the two of them. On the bus, on the car, on the plane, everywhere they are sitting together. Second stage of marriage, you can't get them to talk to one another. One is turning east, the other one is turning west. But there is a third stage of marriage. And this is called maturity. Where you move beyond the the enchantment. You move beyond the disenchantment. And you grow to a place of maturity. Where you realize, Lord, it's not about me. Lord, it's about the other person. Similarly in the church. When people come to the church, there is this first stage of enchantment. What an amazing church. What worship. (laughs) What (laughs) word. Oh, they greeted me at the door. They sat me down when I came. (laughs) They (laughs) prayed for us. They even gave us a carry-home kit. A welcome kit. What a wonderful church. (laughs) After (laughs) a year or two, I stand. I'm not so sure about this. Uh, Last week's message, I think pastor was preaching straight at me. Only thinking about me. I know because... He was not looking but when he looked his eyes were straight on me and then he looked away. We go through a stage of disenchantment. But then God takes us through a third stage called maturity. The enchanted come to see how their needs and plans can be met. The disenchanted look at how their needs and plans did not get met. the mature look at why has the lord brought us together Hallelujah. the enchanted in the marriage look at their needs and plans to be met the disenchanted in marriage look at how their needs and plans are not being met. But when you begin to be mature, you together ask the Lord, Lord, why have you brought us together? What is the plan and purpose? The, the mature begin to ask the question, how can we walk in love? The enchanted and the disenchanted are ask, how can you love me? When we become mature like Jesus, we will ask the question, how can I love you? How can I walk in love on these years on earth? And fulfill the plans of God. So today when God is bringing us as the family on a mission. The first thing I want us to understand is that we are not a club, we are a family. We are not a social service provider, we, no. are. we are a family. Acts chapter 2 saw the gathering together of a family when you look in Acts chapter 2 the gathering of the family it was not a uniform family that agreed in everything it was a diverse family from various languages and various people groups and the Bible says Christians and Arabs and you know people from me and all different Mesopotamia, different parts of the world were there. They were not in agreement. But when they came together as a church, they understood God made them a family under Jesus. A gathering was the beginning. It takes control. Courage and commitment to keep gathering oftentimes it's our greatest temptation to become a loner because it costs us nothing to be self-absorbed it costs us a lot to be concerned about other people when we are self-absorbed absorbed, we Na- are consumed in our conveniences. Our pleasure, our family, our world, but it takes courage to be a family. That is why it takes a lot of courage to actually get married. Most people got married because why am I? Uh, because uh, it's, it's age they yeah. are age you, you come of age and you, you, want, you need to get married uh, but God has a great plan for you to be a family a family means to give up your rights and take up responsibilities when people when we you know we've got many people married and when we go to consider Alliances. One of the important things that we consider is the person godly and responsible. Palasameyadham nammal vyavahitha nadarla aaluje nangalai kuresh sarsshe same ball naam chintikum na aadittay rander karin galada parayendu daa vakti oru deivige nanno, ilig deivige nanno, randaam tharittu utra baadatham Because the same commitments that are needed in a nuclear family. God requires it from us as a church. And the question to answer when we are coming to the church, am I being godly and am I being responsible? Am I walking in the love of God and when, am I walking loving people? You see in the book of Acts in chapter 2, they gathered together. A family is born when they come together and they gather together. Called by one family name. We are called by the name of Jesus. The Bible says I thank Paul is thanking God for every family in heaven and earth derives his name from the Lord. So they gathered together in Acts 2 For apostolic teaching They gathered for fellowship For prayer And for breaking bread So when they gathered together for apostolic teaching They committed themselves to sound doctrine The Bible says that the last day people will be running after the doctrines of demons. Because doctrines of demons will drive us away from, you know, uh, abandoned com- commitment Worship to the Lord To uh, focus on ourselves The church was committed To apostolic doctrine Not to traditional organization If it was for organized religion They could have stayed back in Judaism But they chose to be persecuted and suffer and stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ because they knew they had to be faithful to apostolic doctrine. There's a saying in English that goes like this. Every parrot that speaks English is not an Englishman. In the same way, everybody that teaches from God's Word is not a Bible teacher. Bible calls people are, as false teachers and false apostles and, and false prophets who are peddling the word of God for their personal profit. That's why on this 15th year I'm calling us as a church stay committed to apostolic doctrine. And I want to tell you as as the senior leader of this church Everything that I have taught you and showed you and and walked with you and led... Walk faithfully with what you heard from me. Teach and minister in this way. When they became a family, the church dedicated themselves to fellowshipping with one another, to do life together. Imagine a family that doesn't gather together in the evening. If the children don't come home, the parents go looking for them. And if the children are gone to foreign nations, parents are calling them every day nowadays. A family looks out for one another. They gathered for prayer. To seek God and intercede for the land. They gathered to break bread. Keep. Thing, the main thing the main thing the jesus as the centrality of the gospel of why they gather together i want it Challenge every one of us. Let us continue to live as a family. Looking out for one another. Praying for one another. Upholding one another. If somebody is not walking with God, going after them and encouraging them to walk with God, Not only does God want us to be a family, He he wants us to be a family on a mission. This is the purpose of the great commission here on earth. One of our great failures of understanding salvation in today's time and age is it has made us made salvation and a church uh, only a personal way of living. Yes, our salvation is personal. There has to be a day when we decided to walk with Jesus. But our salvation is also Making us community. It's like your wedding day was your wedding day. It was personal. But your wedding day made you community. You became a husband and wife. God bless you with children. Even though the experience was personal. The result was community. What is salvation? Many people think that salvation is deemed as an action that takes us to heaven. But listen to this definition of salvation that I want to put before you. Salvation is the focus Forgiveness of our sin and deliverance from the wrath of God because of us choosing to be separate and deviated from God. Deviation from the ways of God, the laws of God and the plans of God saving us from the wrath of God that was salvation devathana dayathulla valigalil ninnum devathana dayathulla niyamangalil ninnum devathana dayathulla paddathigalil ninna nam maari nadana pol aa devakrodathil namey that is what the bible calls salvation is because the bible says all of us have committed great treason against the god and walked away from god salvation is not a sinner's prayer that takes me to heaven salvation is the pleading for forgiveness by a person committing high treason living against the kingdom of God. Whom God in his great mercy because of Jesus Christ has given us an opportunity to come back and repent and be part of that kingdom and live in his ways, live according to his laws and live for his plans that is salvation I think i've stunned a few of you can i hear an amen salvation is not your ticket to heaven salvation is god's grace making you come back into his kingdom once again and giving you the right to live as a son of God according to the plans of the kingdom. If we don't understand what salvation is, we'll miss the purposes of God on our life. Salvation is not taking us to a better place. It is returning us to the rightful place, the kingdom of God. Where we are to return in nature. We return to the commandments of God. And we are returning to the plans of God upon our life. If we are not willing to return to these three, then we are not saved. Because we are still living in rebellion. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For what? We are whose workmanship? Jesus' workmanship. Created how? In Christ Jesus. for what? For good works. Who's gonna do that good works? Ah, Jesus. Let me hear you. Who's going to do that good work? We are going to do. So, what does the sentence say? God, God has worked on us. Created in us in Jesus Christ. For working for Jesus. Which God prepared beforehand for. So that we would walk in them. Which means every one of us, before we were ever saved... God had planned for us <laughs> to <laughs> serve in the kingdom of God and work with the plans of <laughs> God. This salvation has a three aspects. It's got a past aspect. We were saved. It has a present aspect. We are being saved as we walk with God. And a future aspect in Hebrews Chapter 9, verse 28 and 29, it talks about a, a coming salvation where Jesus is coming back to take us to be with Him. So, in the meantime, God is calling us and saying, Can you prepare to live in such a way that you are awaiting the coming salvation? Philippians 3 20 declares over you and me our citizenship is in. Come on, let me hear it. Our citizenship is in. Heaven, God's giving us a heavenly kingdom citizenship. For this, when is the citizenship in heaven? For which we are eagerly waiting for a savior, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, in the meantime, while we are waiting for the Lord, I want us to look at this scripture, Jude, and verse 17 to 25 while we are waiting for the Lord it says but you beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ that they were saying to you in the last times there will be mockers following their own ungodly lusts these are the ones who cause divisions worldly minded, devoid of the spirit but you beloved But you beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Many people say once you set the sinner's prayer, you're going to heaven. That's because you believe it's a formula. Salvation is not a formula, it is a commitment to the kingdom of God. Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. We are anxiously waiting for eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear. Uh, Hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. After God warning us to live like this, He's saying, You're saved now, now live carefully. Warning us, live carefully. After saying this, he says this famous verse. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, authority before all time and forevermore. Our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, authority before all time and forevermore. Many people quote this verse without reading the previous part. Indeed, God will keep us. But God's also challenging us to walk earnestly. And live in such a way of waiting for His coming. So this anniversary I believe, God wants us to course correct. He wants us to course correct looking forward so that we can throttle full speed. Do you know when a plane flies from one location to another, it constantly the computer is course correct? Do you know one degree deviation can take you to another country. This anniversary God wants us to course correct. Some will say but we haven't moved much maybe only one degree. One degree flying from one place can land you in a country you don't want to go to. God is calling us to follow this with all diligence. And not only personal degree course correction, God wants us to do it as a community. Because salvation is not just a personal thing, it is a community thing. God's called us to be part of the bride. Worshipping together and serving God. What are the challenges of calling, carrying this call of God for a community and yet living for ourselves. Moses struggled with that challenge. He knew that he was called by God to deliver Israel. But he had not worked on his anger that one blow he killed that Egyptian. Look at Judas. He had a tremendous call of God. But undealt love for money make him, made him walk away for going to another course. You look at King Hezekiah, he also had a love for God. <laughs> but God extended his life 15 years. And then he was saying, as long as the kingdom is not destroyed in my lifetime, I'm okay, my children's lifetime, go, no problem even if it's destroyed. <laughs> We see this in the life of some, uh, Samson, in the life of Jonah, in Solomon, Hezekiah, and Judah, in Judas, in all these lives, the call of God on one side pulling them, and the uncorrected course on the other side pulling them to a personal destruction god will never take his call upon us of the church away but we can lose course because of falling in love with ourselves and our comforts and what we want rather than obeying God. Let me, you know, let me take you to the story of Samson here specifically. When you look in Samson's story from the book of Judges chapter 13 all the way through 17. Oh, chapter six actually. The story of Samson. We see some very important things I want to bring to your notice because the end of the matter is better than the beginning. I've had many times people come to me and say, do you know I was one of the founding members of that church? And I said, "What? where are you now? <in> so, 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 so. Oh, now I am back to it. In. You know many people they pride in the fact that they were there in the beginning. But the end is better than the beginning. Uh, <in> quickly let's look at some verses. Judges in chapter 13. The <in> Bible says. And the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them to the hands of the Philistines forty years. Israel <in> Then the Bible says there was a man called Manoah. And his wife didn't have any children. And an angel of the Lord comes and prophesies over her. You see, in Samson's life, his life started with an angelic visitation. With a prophetic declaration. What a tremendous way to start life. Uh, and yet you know his end simply because we as the church have started with a great prophetic declaration and a great angelic visitation it does not mean the end will be good until we walk with God and that walk with God has to do with every one of us individually ongoing and committing to sacrificially being a community ah in verse 5 it says the angel prophesied and said you will have a son and he will be a Nazarite. he will not cut his hair and the anointing of god will be mighty on him so look at these things started with an angelic visitation and a prophetic declaration. Then he had a backup of a father and mother. The mother who had this encounter goes and tells her husband and now the husband is desiring. Even I want this encounter. I want to hear how to raise this child because this sounds very important. And when you have so he not only had angelic encounter, he had a family that was backing him up and doing everything possible to help him walk with God. <laughs> not only did he have a family that was sacrificing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit came and he had encounters with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so look at this, angelic encounter the <laughs> Prophetic declaration, Vaka, family backup, Kutum, Holy Spirit anointing, yet in his heart, one degree deviation from the ways of God. What were his deviations? His first deviation was a weakness for women. The Bible says in chapter 14, verse 1. Then Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah, one of the daughters of the Philistines. I want to tell you, you we were ruled by the Philistines, you will get attracted to the daughters of the Philistines. Whatever rules your heart, your heart will be attracted towards that. If the world is your Lord, your heart will be attracted to the world. If Jesus is Lord, your heart will be attracted to Jesus. So he comes back in verse 2. He came back and told his father and mother, I saw a woman in Timna. What are the daughters of the Philistines? Now go therefore, get her for me as a wife. Oh, look at what is happening. A generation walking away from God, even though there is great prophetic potential. I've led the church for the last 15 years. But I believe God is challenging another generation now to walk with God. You have great angelic encounters or prophetic declarations. But I want to challenge every one of you. Stay the course. Stay the course. Don't run away from God. And his family, verse 3 says, His father and mother said, Is there no woman among the daughters of your religions, Among our people... He, but uh, Samson says, Get her for me. Uh Munamatavaku the generation, they had disregard for the word of God. Disregard for elderly counsel. Samson is thinking in his heart I know everything we are from another generation you don't know how much we know and Samson went after a pursuit of personal vision she looks good for me get her for me he became proud in his own efficiency and proud in his own wisdom he goes and he he gives a, a, a riddle to the people of the Philistines and tells them if you can solve this riddle uh, you know from the eater came something to eat and came something sweet and he gave them that riddle and and he was trying to stand in his own wisdom I am smarter than these fellows and because of that he gets deceived and because of that his, disre- his weakness for women or any kind of weakness that any of us may have. Uh, it can be fears. It can be doubts for God. Uh, it led him to the disregard to the word of God. It Led him to dishonor elderly counsel. Uh, counted, counted apostolic teaching as not wise. In the pursuit of personal vision. Even at that time, God continued to use Samson. He took a, a donkey's jawbone and slay a thousand Philistines. The problem is when God uses us, we take that as an attestation that we have not deviated. We take the anointing of God falling as the sign of God's pleasure upon our life. He lost his marriage and now he's sleeping with a harlot. Here's the judge of Israel committing adultery and sleeping with a harlot. Now getting out from there and slaying a thousand Philistines. Grabbing the pillars of the gate, the Philistine gate, and taking, carrying it away. See how God used me. See how God used me. See how God used me is not a sign of God's favor. It's a sign of God's mercy. It's a sign of God's love for. The lost. please don't look at that and say God must be pleased with me behold oh man what does the lord require of us to do justice to show mercy and to walk humbly before God samson finally ended up in the lap of Delilah and he's you know she's asking him what's your secret he lies to her lying has become part of his life spirit filled lying holy spirit and evil spirit both together guiding the person she is enticing him and he is deceiving her what a marriage One is Mrs. Enticement, other one is Mr. Deception. Both attending church on Sunday. Both speaking in tongues, worshipping God. The end will be destruction. In the 15th anniversary, I believe God is calling the church to course correct. Samson gave into, deception, into enticement. The Bible says the Holy Spirit departed. See, in Samson's life, when the Holy Spirit came in power, everybody knew. But when the Holy Spirit departed... Not even Samson knew. And that is something we really need to watch out for. When God's anointing falls upon us as a community, everybody in the land knows it. But if the Holy Spirit chooses to walk out, we would not know unless we walk in repentance and the fear of the Lord. God is calling us to walk with Him in obedience. In corporate obedience and personal obedience. Serving God individually. And also serving God corporately. Finally, when Samson cried out to God, God, use me one more time, he killed 3,000 Philistines but he lost his life with that. Even the end of our life if there is a mighty move of God that does not mean the favor of God. It simply means the mercy of God. Who does the Bible call favored? The Bible says and Noah walked blameless before God. Noah, and he found favor with God. God is calling WICC to walk blameless before Jesus. God wants us to obey every single day. Serving together every single day. Living as one body. Anything living in the body that's not off the body is a parasite. but we are many members of the body but together we are one body each with a function when we finish this serving god and loving god i believe we will hear from god well done my good and faithful servant enter into your rest so like paul said to timothy I want to speak over World Impact Community Church. I solely charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus according to Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 to 8. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Sameathalum reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. I'm speaking to all the leaders, to all the pastors whom God is entrusting the responsibilities here in this land. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. For uh, and But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myth. But you, no. be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your mission. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course I have kept the faith in the future there is laid for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award me on that day but not only to me but also to all that have loved his appearing so I want to challenge the whole church like Nehemiah said let us arise and build we thank God for the good things God has done in the past we we cherish all the things God has placed around us but let us course correct and let's throttle full throttle into the destiny and the glorious plans God has for us as a church Can I hear a loud Amen? Can I let the church say a loud Amen? Let us pray together right now as we submit. The next years of our life as a church together into the Lord's hands. Hallelujah! Yes, let's rise up to our feet. Let us pray together. Let us submit our lives. He who began a good work in our life. He faithful to a good work in our life. the day of the Lord Jesus. Father, Our Father. You alone are our Father. We will not bow our knees to any other God. We will not bow our hearts to any other doctrine. We will not follow the devil and his ways. Neither will we live in personal pursuit. But together as a church family. You want to agree and say we will seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us. We submit our lives, it's not ours, it's yours, Lord. We submit our families, they're not ours, they're yours, Lord. We submit all we own, it's not ours, it's yours, Lord. And we receive your ways, your laws, and your plans for our life. That we will be the family of God, a family on a mission. And we will await your coming. And endure till the end. Doing the works of God. Give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. 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 Happy fifteenth anniversary, WICC. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wsc.in.